Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by actors from the San Joaquin Valley. Now, this episode features the mystery short story, Busted at the Book Sale, by Margaret S. Hamilton, read by local actor Donna Beavers. Busted at the Book Sale has not been published. Lizzie, I need a quick word. Lizzie Christopher deftly loaded a stack of Ray Bradbury paperbacks into a holiday tote bag before she stepped away to join Jericho, Ohio PD Officer Bethany Schmidt, clad in off-duty jeans and a sweater. Rest of the family with you? Mom's with the girls' brownie troop, Bethany said. Dad's directing traffic, and Matt's with his students. Bethany's husband, Matt, was a popular fourth-grade teacher who brought his students to the book sale every year. How about you, Beth? Find some steamy romances you haven't read? Bethany pressed her lips together and shook her head. What's wrong? Do we need to shut the sale down? Lizzie glanced around the warehouse mobbed with local residents, perusing tables of used books, DVDs, board games, and jigsaw puzzles. The high school parents had recently completed a run-hide-fight active shooter drill, which was still very much on Lizzie's mind at large public gatherings. Two uniformed officers are doing security checks at the door. No bags or coats are allowed inside. Bethany checked her phone. Have you seen anyone buy hardback books wrapped with rubber bands? I've alerted the cashiers. I haven't bagged any books like that. Want to ask Nick and the kids? They're working at the book tables. Yes, but don't make a big scene. Lizzie sent a quick text to her husband. Looks like the entire police department is here undercover. Bethany gave her a faint smile. You know us too well. Nick, his son Philip, and Lizzie's daughter Claire made their way through the crowds to join them. What's up? Nick asked. Seen any hardback books with rubber bands wrapped around them? Bethany asked. Nick shook his head. I'm carrying boxes of books out to the storeroom, not stocking tables. Yeah, I have, Philip said. Not the nearly new books on the bestseller table, and not the really old books the dealers fought over before the sale officially opened. Textbooks, do-it-yourself manuals, cookbooks... Bethany pulled out her ever-present spiral-bound pad and started taking notes. Last year's bestsellers, biographies, and books about presidential campaigns. Philip stretched. The stuff they sell in airport bookstores or Lizzie buys by the foot to fill a customer's bookshelves. Lizzie smiled. My designers do buy books with leather bindings to lend a certain um, character to rooms needing a personal touch. Yeah, like people who hang random portraits for instant ancestors, Claire said, or who have a stack of art books on the ottoman to demonstrate how cultured they are. Did you remove the rubber bands and look inside any of the books? Bethany tapped her pen on her notebook. No, Philip frowned. Are we talking about explosives or rice and powder? Neither one, Bethany said. You've watched too many movies. It must be street drugs. Lizzie crossed her arms. At the high school law enforcement workshop, we learned how teens use all kinds of stuff. 
stuffed animals, aerosol cans with fake bottoms, and books with cut-out pages to hide their stash. Keep your voice down, Bethany said. We received a credible tip that a major drug shipment would be moved at the book sale, possibly by senior citizens. The officers at the door are giving elderly customers a close look. So far, they're here only to buy books. What are the rubber bands for? Lizzie asked. Are the books hollowed out or do they have little bags of powder tucked in the spine? Packets between the pages. Bethany closed her notebook. I assume the rubber bands are to prevent people from opening the books. I'll stay with Nick and the kids and watch for buyers interested in books bound with rubber bands. What about me? Lizzie asked. I'm your number one amateur sleuth. Bethany put her arm around Lizzie's shoulders. And the whole town knows it. Nick and the kids are a better choice for this operation. Fine. Lizzie trudged back to her bagging station. As usual, Bethany knew best. Thirty minutes later, Matt Schmidt came through the payment line with his students. Hey, Lizzie, I'm relieving Bethany's dad, Fred, on traffic duty. Mind if he joined you? Not at all. Matt took her aside. I texted Beth. I didn't see any books wrapped in rubber bands. Lizzie handed him a tote bag. Knock off your Christmas shopping? Most of it. The girls selected bodice rippers for Beth with the most lurid cover art they could find. Matt pushed his bag under Lizzie's table and headed outside, stopping to speak to Bethany as she left the warehouse with a group of undercover officers. Lizzie poured coffee for Fred. What's new? Beth told me a bit about the drugs and asked me if I knew any seniors who were dealing. Makes me crazy. Jericho used to be a safe place to raise kids, but no longer. Fred pulled a folded newspaper page out of his pocket. Haven't had a chance to do my daily crossword. Lizzie's phone pinged. Nick and Philip had a suspicious customer, but Bethany hadn't responded to their texts. Lizzie asked Fred to hand out tote bags and made her way toward the hardback section. Using her cell phone camera, she snapped quick shots of an elderly woman piling books into a wheeled grocery cart. Lizzie moved around the table to face her. Hi, guys, she said. How's business? She handed her phone to Philip. How about a group selfie? Philip aimed the phone over Lizzie's shoulder, trying to capture the woman's face. He showed Lizzie the pictures. You're a natural at undercover work. Lizzie sent the woman's photo to Bethany and tucked her phone in her sweatshirt pocket. She continued to watch the woman run her stiff fingers over the stock, only selecting books wrapped with rubber bands. Lizzie suspected the woman couldn't see well enough to read the book titles and visually examined the stacks in the woman's cart. Every book was wrapped with two rubber bands, top to bottom and side to side. Lizzie rubbed her hands on her jeans, itching to check the books for drug packets. May I take your books to the checkout table? Lizzie asked her. I'll bring your cart right back. Startled, the woman dropped a pile of books. No, no, I'm fine. Just a few more. I'd be happy to pack up what you're buying and carrying them to the cashier, Nick said. We have lots of extra boxes. Don't touch my cart. I haven't found everything and I won't be rushed. She mumbled to herself. He told me a hundred books 
I'm still short a good forty. The woman stared at Nick. Are you hiding books in the storeroom? No, ma'am. Everything we have is on the display tables. Looking for something in particular? Never you mind. She continued to feel the spines of the hardbacks. An old man joined her. Essie, what's holding you up? We need to get out of here. I can't find all the books. Essie started to cry. Remember, Jeb, we need to buy a hundred books or he won't pay us. Lizzie clenched her fists. She wanted to scream, Who's paying you? Lizzie stepped into the storeroom and called 911. Jericho Library Book Sale. Two seniors, a man and a woman, are looking for a hundred books bound with rubber bands. Hurry, before they leave. The dispatcher promised to relay the information to officers in the area. Five minutes later, Bethany Schmidt entered the warehouse. Lizzie nodded toward Jeb. Bethany perused hardbacks at the same table, watching Jeb paw through the books, while Lizzie kept an eye on Essie. The last thirty minutes of the sale, one of the organizers announced that all remaining stock was half price. A stampede of last-minute customers surrounded the tables. Bethany's daughters, with identical blonde braids and brownie vests, dragged four tote bags filled with hardbound books across the floor. Claire, we crawled under the table to get Daddy's bag and found these, the older girl said. The sale's almost over. We want to help you put the books on a table, the younger daughter added. Are you sure somebody didn't buy these books already? Claire asked. We checked for a receipt and couldn't find one, one of the girls said. Every bag has to have one. Grandpa told us they check at the exit. If that's the case, you can help me put the books on a table. Claire picked up two of the bags. Wow, they're heavy. And all the books have rubber bands around them, the older girl said. Does that make them special? Bethany overheard and knelt down, putting her arms around her daughter's shoulders. Rubber bands make them very special. Thank you for finding them. Would you tell Grandpa I said it's time for donuts at the bakery? Take Grandma and Daddy with you. Donuts! The girl shrieked with delight and raced across the room to Fred. Those are my books! Essie pushed her cart through the packed aisles. Jeb followed her, keeping a wary eye on Bethany, who stood tall over the four bags. Jeb hissed at Essie. Get the bags and we'll sneak out. But we have to pay for everything first, Essie said. We're lucky it's the half-price sale. Sam already gave me two hundred bucks to pay for the books, and we get to keep a hundred of it. That's enough to pay for your prescription. We'll put the rest of what Sam's paying toward the heating bill. Who's Sam? Bethany asked. Essie pointed to a young man leaning against the warehouse wall reading his phone. Right there. Lizzie overheard Essie as she joined Claire and Bethany. Sam Taylor, the new library assistant? Are you sure you've got the right guy? Philip walked up. You talking about Sam? He was here this morning when the dealers were grabbing the valuable books. One of the dealers asked him why he was buying worthless hardbacks. And what did Sam say? Bethany asked. He ignored the dealers and walked off with four tote bags filled with books. I didn't see where he stashed them. Bethany sent a quick text message. 
Jeb and Essie, we're taking you and your books to the storeroom. Jeb yanked the cart away from Essie. We're paying for our books and leaving. You can't stop us. One of Bethany's colleagues approached. The police need to check your books in the storeroom. The officer picked up the four tote bags and pushed the cart toward the rear of the warehouse. Bethany motioned Jeb and Essie to follow him as she brought up the rear. Lizzie hung back, watching Sam Taylor. Claire, would you and Philip find our jackets? Ask Nick to join me. Claire gave Nick the message and beckoned to Philip. They made their way toward the coat racks near the warehouse entrance. Lizzie and Nick stood near the wall. Sam sidled closer to the storeroom, where a big dog started to bark. Sounds like the drug dog got a hit, Lizzie said. They'll probably take Jeb, Essie, and the books through the outside storeroom door. Sam suddenly bolted for the warehouse exit. Nick, tell Bethany Sam's on the run. I'll follow him. Lizzie ducked, turned, and zigzagged through the crowds, keeping Sam in sight. Sam ran behind the coat racks and tried to slip outside. Two uniformed officers grabbed him. Nick was moments behind her. Claire and Philip handed them their jackets as they left the warehouse. The officers held Sam against the outside wall. Bethany joined Lizzie, Nick, and the kids. We're taking Jeb and Essie in for questioning. The dog got a hit on the books in the tote bags, but not the books Essie had carefully selected. Think Essie's books were a decoy? Lizzie asked. Sam probably guessed that someone had told the police about the drug shipment. Your colleagues searched the elderly customers. Would the 40 books hold the entire shipment? Bethany nodded. Yes, we suspect it's meth and cocaine laced with fentanyl. Anyone using the stuff could have died. But the only link between Sam, Jeb, and Essie is the rubber-banded books. Lizzie zipped up her jacket. Several dealers, in addition to Philip, saw Sam load the 40 books into four bags this morning, Bethany said. We've observed Sam's suspicious activity around the library delivery door, accepting cash for hardback books. We have Sam and his shipment in custody. She smiled. A good day for the JPD. What will happen to Jeb and Essie? Lizzie chewed her lip. Essie did accept money from Sam. Jeb knew the score, Lizzie. He used Essie, who's getting fuzzy in the head. Lizzie frowned. I still can't believe Sam Taylor was dealing drugs. If the kids in Jericho can't trust the library staff, who can they trust? Busted at the Book Sale was produced by Kings River Life. You can learn more about Margaret S. Hamilton and her writing on her website, margaretshamilton.wordpress.com. And she has also published several short stories in Kings River Life magazine. Our theme song, The Blues, was written and played by Kevin Memley. Check out Kings River Life magazine's websites for more mystery, local theater, animal rescue, and so much more. kingsriverlife.com and krlnews.com. We'll be back next time with another mystery short story or mystery first chapter. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And follow us on Twitter to keep up with everything KRL at Kings River Life. 
If you enjoy this episode, please rate or review it because this helps make us easier for others to find. Well, until next time, this is your announcer, Jim Tuck, wishing you a life full of mystery.